Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. On today's episode, we pick up the story of Joss and Kimber as they investigate a series of mysterious accidents in Arcanist safe houses. With help from Howard Langston, they have traced the mystery to a secret warehouse by the railway tracks. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of Dead Man's Clock right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by Charles Hoffman. Mr. Hoffman would like to remind everyone in Malifaux that creating biological mechanical hybrids is strictly prohibited without express permission from the Guild. All such abominations should be surrendered at once to Mr. Hoffman at the Amalgamation Charter Enforcement Office for deactivation and or execution. was easy enough to find. Even without Langston's directions, Joss could have walked straight to it. After all, there was only one building that close to the tracks that was surrounded by a full guild cordon, complete with several guardian constructs and three of the hated riot breakers, their metal heads towering over the mobs of guardsmen. The building was innocuous enough. A two-story clapboard structure, with boarded-up windows just under the eaves, no more or less interesting than anything else on the street. But Ramos knew his business when he chose it. It was the perfect place to put an army of out-of-control constructs if you wanted to cause mass chaos. Elevated tracks crossed the road right in front of the warehouse's entrance, and the blinking warning beacons of the quarantine wall winked less than a block away. An incident here would disrupt the valuable soulstone shipments out of the city, while also creating a rupture in the quarantine wall. Joss rapped on the roof of his carriage. This is close enough. No reason to startle that lot, he called to the driver. They rattled to a stop, giving Joss the opportunity to get out. He peered down the street at the milling guardsmen. He settled his poncho over his shoulders and tucked his axe tightly against his back. You want me to fetch more boys, boss? the driver asked. No, take the rest back. He looked down the length of his caravan. Kimber could conjure a good crew at the drop of a hat. He had to give her that. But they were no longer necessary. We're not going to be fighting today. You're just going to leave this to the Guild? If the Guild wants to lose a lot of blood on this, that's their choice. I just want to have a conversation. He scribbled some instructions on a notepad and tossed it up to the driver. Give that to Kimber if I don't come back. We'll need someone to spearhead a strike against the remaining caches. She's as good a choice as anyone. Sure thing, boss, the driver said. Then he flicked his reins and led the carriage down the street. When the man was gone, Joss cracked his knuckles and started walking toward the guild cordon. 
The guild operation was a well-oiled machine. Watchers circled the block overhead, and packs of hunters loped around the perimeter of the cordon. The skirmish line itself was held by a dozen guardians, interspersed with riot-breakers. The flesh-and-blood guild guardsmen were nearly outnumbered by their metallic companions. It gave Joss a pretty good idea whom he would find running this operation. As Joss approached the thickest part of the security line, one of the riot-breakers swiveled its thick head in his direction. It peeled away from the cordon and tromped towards him. Joss slowed down, keeping his hands in the open. When the construct was a dozen feet away, it settled onto its haunches and deployed a loudspeaker the size of a garrison's four-pound cannon. Authorized personnel only beyond this point. Please return to your dwelling or place of business and await further instruction. Thank you for your cooperation. I just need to talk to your boss, Josh said. I have something he might like. The ride-breaker sat motionless for a ten-count, then shifted slightly and renewed its declaration. Authorized personnel only. Beyond this point, please return. It broke off with a squeal of static, cocking its head back toward the cordon. Heavy footsteps sounded behind the juggernaut squad frame. Charles Hoffman rounded the corner, his limp legs dangling beneath the braces of his metallic suit. He was carrying a clipboard in his hands. If you're looking for Ramos, I'd be happy to take you to him, Hoffman said with a smirk. We would have to confiscate that axe, though. No thanks, Hoffman. I think you know why I'm here. Joss tipped his head toward the warehouse. This place is Union property. Then I'll be sure to charge the MNSU for any damage to guild equipment that results from this little incident, Hoffman said. He turned to the side, giving Joss a view of the operation. Beyond the cordon, a handful of guild engineers were disassembling a Union construct. Its armor was charred but it did not appear to have taken critical damage. You're deactivating them? Joss asked. Yes. As long as they've not stirred from their slumber, I am able to tame them quite easily. That one woke when we entered. He displayed the clipboard for Joss to see. But the rest remained docile. We should finish up by end of day. How many? Several dozen. There's a particularly large construct nestled at the center. A real behemoth. We should... No. No, how many have you deactivated? Just the one, Hoffman said, creasing his brow at Joss's agitation. I want to take my time, register everything, make sure we don't miss anything. Time is the one thing you don't have, Joss snapped. He reached under his poncho and loosened the axe. The riot-breaker bolted to attention, rotating its ponderous gun toward him. Hoffman took a step back. The odds aren't exactly in your favor here, Joss, Hoffman said nervously. A low, grinding rumble rose behind them. The trio of mechanics dissembling the construct at the warehouse entrance slowly stood up, looking into the darkness. The heavy sound of steel dropping from a great height boomed through the ground, and a wave of dust and grit washed out of the warehouse, coating the guild's men in grey and black. A red eye blinked to life in the shadows of the warehouse. It was followed by another, and another, and then a dozen more. Metal shrieked as unoiled joints sprang to life. We're both a little outnumbered, Chuck, Josh said quickly. Get your men back. Those things aren't here to negotiate. 
We can't let them through the cordon, Hoffman shouted. Close ranks, brace for assault. The engineers ran, dropping their tools as they hopped over the eviscerated corpse of the first construct. The pair ducked between two guardians just as the towering constructs dropped their shields and locked them together. All three of the riot breakers directed their attention to the open door. Fire, you idiot, Josh snapped, while you have them bottled up. My orders are to disarm and retrieve, Hoffman answered. Besides, how dangerous can a couple dozen undirected constructs be? The answer was swift. A metal wave rolled out of the warehouse. Spiders crawled over spiders. Long, multi-segment worms burrowed through the press, and a half-dozen rolling spheres bounced jigsaw teeth over their comrades. The first line of flesh-and-blood guardsmen let rip with their rifles, but they were swallowed even as their bullets landed. Their screams mingled with the clatter of steel claws and tearing flesh. Joss didn't wait for Hoffman's reaction. He leapt over the cordon, landing among the second line of guardsmen just as the construct wall reached them. He laid into the flailing mass of metal arms with fist and axe. A spider punched its claw through the chest of a guardsman to Joss's left, got mired in the fallen corpse, and lurched forward. Joss brought his axe down on the construct's metal shell. Sparks showered over the dying man. The spider lashed out at Joss, but he caught the squirming limb in his iron fist, crushing it. The construct blundered forward. It bowled into Joss's chest, nearly knocking him off his feet. Metal teeth scrabbling against his neck. He struck again and again, steadily peeling off the armoured shell of the construct, exposing its glowing innards. A hiss of soulstone-laden steam escaped from the spider, and it collapsed to the ground. There were a dozen more behind it. Joss fell back. The guardians closed around him, sweeping the flat edge of their massive swords through the metal mass, severing limbs and crunching steel shells. The wave of constructs faltered briefly, then threw themselves against the guardian wall with mad vigour. Hoffman's hand fell on Joss's shoulder. "'Where did they all come from?' he shouted. "'Our initial sweep found a dozen, maybe two. "'Hidden in the walls, buried in the floorboards.' Every scrap of space in that warehouse will be stuffed with killing machines, Joss answered. You need to call for backup. No time. I will clear the press. Push forward and we will follow. Keep those guns off me. Go, Hoffman shouted, pushing Joss forward. He turned to the riot breakers. Crowd dispersion formation. Final warning given. Engage. The riot breakers moved as one, grounding their shields and anchoring the carriage of their whirling guns into their supports. The air keened as the barrel spun up, followed by a sound like ripping steel. Three blossoms of churning fire erupted from the riot breakers, stitching a column of lead into the advancing constructs. Brass shells clattered to the ground around Joss's feet. As soon as the roar of the guns was silent, a pair of guardians broke free from the cordon and pushed forward. Joss followed them in. The gunfire had cleaned out the rabble, but several larger constructs waded through the wreckage of their fallen comrades. A towering construct with dozens of hammer-holding arms loomed up in front of the guardians. They ran together with a thunderous crash, shields and swords and metal fists smashing together in a blur of steel and clouds of steam. Joss danced under their lurching legs, rolling under the brass belly of the construct before bouncing to his feet. The back of the construct was a coil of thick tubing. Joss jumped onto the monster's back, climbing the coil as fast as he could. The heat of the construct's boiler singed his face. 
Joss bounded higher and higher, thanking God for his metal hand. A smaller construct, its arms as sharp and loud as Taylor's shears, leapt from the swirling press and sunk its claws into Joss's shoulder. He batted at it with his axe, but as soon as he stopped moving, another construct swept out of the sky and landed on his leg. Coin-sized buzzsaws cut into his knee, rattling against bone and spraying blood. Joss gritted his teeth in pain. He swung his axe in a long arc, scraping the spider off his shoulder and continuing down, striking the flat of the blade against his knee. Gears shattered against the flesh of his thigh, driving broken gears into his skin, but with the amount of adrenaline coursing through him, Joss barely noticed. The behemoth under his hands was twisting about, trying to reach him with its hammer-heavy hands. A fist the size of a barrel whistled over Joss's head. The construct wheeled around, nearly throwing him from its back. He buried his fingers into the tower of conduit that ran the length of its back, punching through the tubing and spilling coolant across his arm. Joss pulled himself higher, hunching next to the construct's right shoulder. Its bulbous head whirred around to face him, its single unblinking eye burning red. Joss threw a leg over its shoulder, riding the construct like a mustang, and then drew his fist back. Pneumatic pistons in his wrist and forearm fired as his knuckles made contact with the construct's eye. The back of the construct's head peeled open, sprouting Joss's wriggling fingers in a blossom of sparkling wires. Joss grabbed a handful of vital machinery and ripped it out. The constant reacted violently. It flayed its arms, sweeping its comrades aside. One massive fist swept down at Joss, still perched on the construct's chest. Joss leapt away, rolling as he hit the ground. The construct's fist landed on its own chin, cratering armor plates and sending sparks into the air. Its arms went limp. It tottered back and forth for a long moment, then tipped gracefully forward and planted its ruined face into the ground. Well, at least that was the big one, Joss said. He waved to Hoffman. It should just be clean up from here on out. The trio of riot breakers rushed forward, forming a cordon around Joss and the fallen construct. Hoffman followed, his metal toes barely scraping the ground as magnetic forces drew him next to the crushed monstrosity. He stared down at it for a long second, and then shook his head. No, he said. This one is not on my manifest. There is another. You're sure? Because this guy is pretty big, I mean... The warehouse shook. The tide of swarming constructs paused for a brief moment. When it resumed, it felt less like a wave of endless attackers, and more like rats, fleeing a sinking ship. The riot breakers opened fire. The tide broke over their shields, cut down by supporting guardians, all while Joss and Hoffman watched. The smaller constructs weren't defending themselves. They weren't attacking. They were running away, as though programmed to stay away from whatever was coming. Silence fell. The warehouse groaned again, and shifted, like a cloak being tugged aside. Joss glanced over at Hoffman and shrugged. All right, then. The big one's still left. Whatever. He loosened his shoulders and strode toward the yawning entrance to the warehouse. Give me some cover. I need to hold the constructs back, Hoffman said, to guard the perimeter. If that gets through... Sure, sure. Thanks for the help, Joss answered. Wouldn't want you to risk your neck in there. No problem. I sent a watcher for reinforcements and alerted the guards at the quarantine wall, Hoffman said quickly. 
If you can just wait for a few minutes, we can move on it in force. The roof of the warehouse rippled. Shingles rained down, shattering on the road and raising a cloud of grey dust. Don't think waiting is an option, Josh said. Keep your precious perimeter. Hoffman's objections were swallowed by the shadows of the warehouse. Josh strode through the doorway. It was cooler inside. Dust hung in the air, and the ruined shells of constructs littered the floor, their carapaces riddled with bullet holes. He paused just inside the door and looked around. The walls had burst open, likely during the initial wave of attackers. Hidden racks hung exposed inside the broken walls, umbilical cords dangling from twisted harnesses, bundles of wires running from nest to nest. A clockwork mechanism, suspended from the ceiling, clicked loudly in place. The doomsday clock. Other than that, the building was empty. There was no sign of the gargantuan. Josh strolled to the centre of the room and looked up at the clock. Its hands ticked spasmodically at high noon. It looked like a prop from some melodrama, the timepiece on the mantel waiting to become a gun. Josh stood under it and turned in a slow circle. Well, Ramos, where is he? Where's your final act? he whispered. The floor shifted under Josh's feet. Wooden planks rippled like waves on a pond, their edges clattering together. The walls loomed closer. In the rafters, metal coils scraped over crossbeams. The sound of steel and straining metal filled the cavernous room. That was all the warning Josh got. Twisting metal arms corkscrewed out of the floor all around him, each tipped by swirling blades. Josh leapt onto a support beam as the arms collapsed onto the space where he'd been standing, crushing the floor into splinters. In the wreckage, Josh glimpsed a bulky mass of spinning gears and barbed pistons, slithering through the basement like a shark. The beam upon which he was perched shivered as the creature brushed against it, deep beneath the floor. Bits of ceiling rained down on him. Before he could move, an oily tentacle burrowed through the beam, turning it into sawdust under Josh's feet. He fell, and the building fell with him. The sound of collapsing walls deafened him. Josh hit the floor and bounced. The walls rushed at him in pieces, a scree of broken windows and shattered tile. He barely got to his feet before it swept him away, nearly burying him in a flood of stone. When the rumbling collapse ended, he struggled to his feet. Debris cascaded off him. The construct was everywhere. A dozen flailing arms surrounding him, tunneling through the wreckage, their smooth steel coils shining bright with oil. A serpentine body breached the surface of the floor, its spine barbed, travelling on a thousand piston-driven legs that hammered the ground as it moved. Its head loomed out of the shadows, bulbous, bristling with glowing eyes that surrounded a mouth that looked ready to grind diamonds. The construct writhed in the shadows, its eyes locked on Joss. They were filled with pain and mad panic. It opened its mouth and roared, but all Joss heard was the misery of a broken soul. He took a step back. What are you? he asked. The construct, the last remnant of Victor Ramos in Malifaux City, did not have an answer. Sulfur lights snapped on around the perimeter. 
The desolation of the warehouse was painted in bright whites and burning yellows. The shadows dissolved in the circle of spotlights. Joss winced, throwing his arm over his face. The construct roared, and a scattering of bullets whizzed off its armored head. With a final shriek, the creature bucked against the remnants of the ceiling, then crashed down into the floor as though it was trying to escape the lights. Keep your eyes on it, Hoffman shouted from somewhere behind the lights. Joss turned in place, trying to figure out where the man was. It can't escape. There's something wrong with it, Joss shouted, but his protests were immediately drowned out in roaring gunfire. Three streams of hot lead poured in from the guild cordon, punching through the collapsing roof and revealing the cowering construct. They followed its slithering back as it crawled through the basement, cutting jigsaw pieces out of the floor. Joss stumbled back. He tried to get Hoffman's attention, but he couldn't cut through the noise. Finally, the construct reached the edge of the basement and was forced up and out of the warehouse. It was a monstrous thing, malformed and barely functional. Its long body was pockmarked with metallic tentacles, and its head was too heavy for its shoulders to support it. It crashed into the street, where it met the merciless blades of the guardians. Wait, Josh shouted. He ran forward, but the thrashing tentacles of the construct drove him back. A long arm rolled through the road, slamming into his chest and throwing him to the ground. One of the guardians leapt to his side, covering him with its shield. It sliced into the tentacle with its sword, hauled back and struck again. The tentacle tore free from the body to squirm mindlessly through a nearby shop. Joss pulled himself to his feet. Hoffman, you have to stop, it's... He stopped shouting when he realized his voice and the ringing in his ears were the only sounds. He peered around the Guardian's massive shield. The construct lay dead in the street. Its eyes flickered and was still. Its arms lay splayed across the street, their tips still twitching against the cobblestones. Its body was torn apart, bullet holes and sword strokes mixing with internal ruptures to leave it in ruin. Joss crossed to the head and laid a hand against its jowl. Quite ambitious, even for Victor, Hoffman said. He came to stand in front of the construct, peering at it through his thick glasses. What do you think he was trying to accomplish? It's too big for its own body. Ramos was always reaching for something more, Joss said. This must have been an experiment, a failed experiment. You didn't have to kill it. Don't get sentimental, Joss. It was a machine. Machines don't feel pain, Charles. Or have you forgotten that? Joss stood up and looked down the length of the ruined construct. It was terrified, lashing out. There was more to this beast than steel and steam. Hoffman was about to answer when a flash of white among the wreckage caught Joss's eye. Urging his numb legs, he leaned forward. A skeleton grin, gripped in flesh but robbed of its skin, lay just beneath the construct's carapace. Wires burrowed into the jawline, and the hollow socket of an eye sprouted a cluster of pistons. Hoffman's stomach turned. He has gone too far, Hoffman whispered. The guild will hear about this. I will add it to the charges that Ramos will face. That's a stone you probably shouldn't throw. Or has your brother's situation? Don't speak of that.
Hoffman snapped. He straightened, casting nervous glances around them. Joss let out a wry chuckle. There's no one to hear of your sins, Charles, he said, motioning to the cadre of constructs that surrounded them. You've made sure of that. Nothing but loyal soldiers. Loyal to you. Deaf to your crimes. But I know what you've done. How? How could you know? Victor made it his business to know. Don't worry, Charles. Your secret is safe. Joss put a hand on Hoffman's steel shoulder, careful not to touch the flesh. Machine to machine. You did what you had to, to save the person you loved. Victor did the same for me. Who's to say where the line is? What is too far? What we should and shouldn't do in the service of those we love. This, Hoffman said, nodding to the construct. This is too far. We don't know who this was. Why Victor did it. Maybe it was a friend gravely wounded, or a child, his body racked with disease. Maybe Victor had a son once, or a brother, and this was the only way he could preserve him. Joss's grip tightened, and their eyes met. Who are we to judge? That's my job. To judge. Joss shrugged, his big shoulders rolling under his parka. There are more of these. Dozens, maybe hundreds. We know a few of them, but Victor was a man of redundancies. If we know of twenty sites, there will be twice that number. Some that even Victor might have forgotten. There was a pause between them as they both stared down at what was left of the amalgamation. Joss broke the silence. So what is your judgment, Charles? Will you help us find them? If you have a list, you should hand it over. The Guild, these are Union properties in Union districts. If we give the Guild an excuse to start crashing into our safe houses, they'll use the opportunity to raid every Union hall and miner's bar between here and the breach. I'm not asking for Guild help, Charles. I'm asking for your help. Hoffman stared down at the exposed skull of the construct. Joss could tell the man's mind was racing, his eyes flickering from the construct to the guardian standing around them. He was a man of loyalties. Joss understood that. Very well, Hoffman answered eventually. I have my own list. Places where I felt a stirring in steel. But the guild can't know about this. He picked up a twisted spar from the ground turning it in his hands as he stared down at the construct. This might be the only way to save them. Good. And there's no reason for them to know. We'll work together. Joss paused, then nodded down to the construct at their feet. For them. Hoffman smiled, but it was a tight grin, stretched flesh over bone. It's too bad we couldn't save this one. We can't really save any of them, Joss said. But we can give them the peace Ramos stole. That has to be enough.
that's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malifaux.